Welcome to the Pixels and in Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. Booyah, I love that opening. Still gets me every time. I know that I'm going to get you laughing whenever I say that. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's funny because we're not actually hearing the opening. We're just hearing it in our heads right and, now, right? And listeners, two seconds ago, I was just telling him, hey, we comment about the opening Don't a lot. Don't talk about the opening. So, of course, he did it. So, what are we talking about today, Mackenzie? Today, we are talking all about Instagram. So, we've got Ethan, who's uh, the founder of Social Insight. They have an interesting product and also services that they offer. And the most important thing I think that you're going to get out of today's session is why you business owners and people should care about using Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter if you're B2B or B2C. Um, this is a place where we're at the beginning of that life cycle. And so it's not crowded like some of these other channels. And it's a fantastic way, uh, backed by data that he tells us, by the way, um, to get new leads and generate sales. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Instagram or how to market on Instagram, you want to listen because he'll talk about some of the differences with Instagram, specifically around how to use native content or ads that appear as if they are native content, right? Mm -hmm. And how to use content, educational content to drive folks through your sales funnel and uh, maximize your return on ad spend there. The other thing I thought was fascinating is the number of users that are on Instagram. So many. Yeah, 600 to 700 million, yep. according to um, his his data. And I'm sure you can you can Google that and find, find the numbers increasing daily. So I think you're going to get a lot out of today's episode, and uh, we look forward to going and uh, hanging out with Ethan. Let's go. All righty. Well, welcome, Ethan, to the show. We're glad you're able to make it today, and uh, we'd like to start by just getting to know you a little bit better. Um, if you can tell us about yourself in not only the business environment, but also outside, like family, friends, hobbies, things that you do for fun, just like to get to know you better. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm one that hates talking about myself, but <laughs> but uh, so this is kind of like my kryptonite question. But uh, outside of work, you know, um, some might kind of say that I'm a, a thrill seeker. I'm I'm really big into to things like rock climbing, and uh, you know, I try to go and bungee jumping and I rode bulls, things like that. Um, I don't really classify myself as a thrill seeker, but I guess I do enjoy adrenaline and um, have a beautiful wife. I live here in, in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, just really love kind of uh, work and online marketing and, and uh, kind of getting adrenaline rushes, I guess, here, here and there. And, and uh, that's kind of the best way to sum myself up. Before we get to talking about Social Insight, the company that, that you founded, tell us a little bit about your background prior to that. What were you doing and, and what kind of work in online marketing were you exposed to? Yeah, so I, I kind of have a, a fun story. I think uh, it's probably pretty consistent with most people that, that try to make money online or, or end up becoming successful at making money online. Um, I've kind of been trying to, to make money online since I was about 14 years old and, and first learned how to you know, create a website and, and I've, I've gone through tons and tons of different ideas and, and variations on things that I could do to, to make money online. And unfortunately, I was never successful with any of those. I think I ended up uh, spending more money than I ever made. <laughs> um, and then I ended up going to school for web design um, and, and finished those things out and then actually did not end up 
doing anything online at all as, as my job. I actually became a real estate agent um, and also kind of ended up getting my insurance license for property and casualty insurance and uh, did a lot with, with real estate and, and, and had an insurance agency there. Um, try to make money online was always my hobby and the thing that I, I wanted to do and I could never kind of figure it out. Um, and then I finally kind of had some things that started making money online and, and figured out a few things. And uh, a few years back, decided to, you know, leave my insurance agency, leave all that behind, uh, sold my house, turned down um, some money that the insurance company that I was working for wanted to give me to expand the agency and uh, went full force into to digital marketing and, and online kind of sales and services because it was my passion and, and luckily it worked out. <laughs> Good for you. Were you married at the time or were you uh, still single? I, I was um, dating, I was actually engaged to okay. my wife at the time, but was not married yet. So um, we got married about eight months ago. And so we were engaged then, but not quite married okay. yet. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I know as you get older and as you gain more responsibilities, that entrepreneurial plunge becomes more and more difficult. So I was just curious kind of where in the arc of your life that that happened. No, absolutely. And I, I totally agree. And, you know, one of the only reasons I was able to have the confidence to do that was um, I was one of the, the lucky people kind of blessed by 08, where I ended up purchasing my house after after the crash and had uh, built up a, a good amount of equity in that there and ended up selling it so that I had a, a little nest egg to, to sit on in case things didn't work out, which helped give me the confidence to kind of make that decision there. Nice. Thank you. Well, so Ethan, for listeners who may not know about Social Insight, then I guess this is a great place to transition. Um, can you explain at a high level what Social Insight does, what you guys aim to do, and what challenges uh, you're trying to solve? Yeah. So Social Insight is um, what's called a, a SaaS platform or software as a service. And what we do is, is we're trying to build out kind of um, an Instagram marketing suite. So um, Instagram is, is growing right now and, and I kind of feel like it's in the phase that Facebook was in a, a few years ago where a lot of businesses are trying to transition over to Instagram because they see that there's a lot of eyeballs there, they recognize that their customers are there. So we've built out some tools to help them kind of track their, their growth of their account, a bunch of analytics there, um, schedule out a lot of their content where they can, you know, schedule out content months in advance so they don't have to really be on their phone every single day and just really manage their community there. Um, and when we kind of were building that and creating it, uh, we also kind of, to help keep the lights on, launched kind of a service arm where we started managing Instagram ads for uh, ourselves and, and other companies to, to kind of supplement some of that income there. But our main product offering is, is the software that's kind of our Instagram community management and growth software there. That's great. So basically, people can come to you guys and gals and allow you to manage and execute their Instagram uh, strategy and campaigns. And then also they can use your um, product to then get the analytics and reporting and be able to use that to refine their marketing strategy there. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So interestingly, I mean, as we all know, for a long time, social media was just you know, focused around social. So kids, family, things like that. And obviously, as you were highlighting before, social media has gone under this huge shift to where businesses are really being able to uh, leverage it to increase leads, to increase sales. And so um, I do think, you know, Instagram is definitely, like you said, newer in that phase. And so I was wondering if you could just tell us and tell our listeners some data that's going to support, you know, why is it, why should people care about Instagram? Why should businesses use uh, Instagram as a part of their marketing strategy? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, just for context right now, it's, you know, May 2nd, 2017. I know people listen to these podcasts out in the future. And so a lot of these stats will change. And to be honest, some of these ones are, are probably a little bit outdated with how fast Instagram grows. But Instagram is in a huge um, kind of trend as to user acquisition and, and usage. Um, you know, I think the last report that they released here was that they were at upwards of six to 700 million um, active users there, um, which is it is huge. Um, and the the cool thing that they're doing is they're really trying to um, compete with the other popular apps that are out there. So you see all these new features that they're adding, where you can do you know Instagram Stories, which are very similar to to you know Snap Snapchat Stories, where they only last for 24 hours and things like that. And the, the thing that is happening is they already have this huge exi existing user base. And so they're, they're able to steal kind of the eyeballs and people are kind of moving to Instagram only because it's kind of their all in one platform now. So even Instagram stories has more daily active users now than, than Snapchat does. Really? And it's been out for, yeah, there are over 200 million daily active users on Instagram stories already, um, which surpasses Snapchat's like 180 million. Um, and it's because they already had that huge, you know, 600 million plus person database that was already logging to the app every day. And so it was easy for them to convert them into that new feature. And so I think what's happening now is it's growing more and more and, and they're kind of catching the younger generation's eye that maybe isn't on Facebook as much anymore. Um, you know, for me, that blows my mind because everybody I know is on Facebook, but then I go and talk to, you know, these 16 year olds or these, you know, 14 year olds and they don't even have Facebooks anymore. They don't think it's cool. And they're on things like Instagram and Snapchat and things like that. And so they're kind of trying to catch that attention so that as this generation grows up, um, they'll have a place for businesses and advertisers to really, you know, get those eyeballs and, and put their product in front of them. Yeah, you know, interestingly, I am that person. I used to have Snapchat. You're Snapchat. 14? <laughs> yeah, I'm 14. Um, <laughs> I used to have Snapchat and the Facebook app on my phone, and uh, I don't have that much data on my phone storage, so I've actually deleted <laughs> Snapchat and Facebook. Or, yep, Snapchat and Facebook, and I only use Instagram. So once they came out with stories, I have gone, you know, exclusively over to Instagram. And a lot of the people that I follow, a lot of I'm really into health and fitness and yoga, and so a lot of the people that I follow are on Instagram, and I, I see that they say, oh, head over to my Snapchat to get this and that. But I never leave the Instagram platform to get their information. I just stay there and I can get, you know, all of the stuff that I would have been getting on these other getting on these other apps right in Instagram myself. So, yeah. And, and it's really beneficial for you, too, because I'm sure you already had, you know, been building up your Instagram following for a little bit. So let's say you had 500 followers or 300 followers on Instagram you know, those people are already automatically shown your stories where with Snapchat, you had to build up followers from scratch, right? So if you've already kind of been on the platform, it's it's nice because you can get a boost of eyeballs right away. So Ethan, we're in the midst of a series around how to incorporate various digital channels into traditional marketing strategies. And so Instagram, I think, from the polling and the discussions that we've done with our listeners is relatively new for a lot of the, the marketers mm -hmm. out there. So can you just break it down for us as simply as possible 
What are the main ways that you see marketers using Instagram to generate leads and sales? What does that look like as you look across all of the different use cases? So that's a great question. I, and I think it's going to, you know, vary obviously a little bit um, across each business and, and what it is you're promoting and you're selling. Um, but some of this is kind of my favorite aspect of marketing. And I think where um, the success of your business is really to determined and it's about understanding the platform that you're on and the kind of relationship that a consumer has with it and then figuring out the best way to this put to position your product or your service or um, you know whatever it is that you're promoting on that platform and so what I would recommend to businesses if they're it's you know it's something that's new to them they're thinking about hey I see that a lot of these people we're talking to are on Instagram or asking us if we're on Instagram or telling us we should be on Instagram. What I would do is I would say, hey, create an account, get on Instagram and spend just some time looking around the platform. So for example, if I was, you know, um, if I sold like holiday cards or, or something like that, I would get on Instagram and I would start searching some of the people that I know are, are the big competitors in my space. So. Um, you know, Hallmark or whatever it might be. And I would look at their Instagram and get an idea of what it is that they're doing. How are they interacting? What type of things are they posting? And then I would take that and think about, okay, how can I, I see and, and transition this into my business where I'm providing value, you know, content that people want to see, but also giving them, you know, reason to come to my website, right? Because if people are just enjoying my Instagram but never coming to my website, that doesn't do you any good, right? We need to we need to actually market. Get, we need to get some action going here, and so um, it's a matter of just figuring out how to position yourself and then using effective call to actions. Um, whether that's you know exclusive promotions just for people that are following you on Instagram, or you know with Instagram Stories they only last for 24 hours. You can you know run an Instagram Story where you show kind of the behind the scenes of your your business or your factory and say at the end, hey, go to our website and use this promo code for, you know, 10% off, 24-hour sale only. Thinking of fun, creative ways to just really use the platform and the tools that are there um, to reward your audience that's on Instagram so that more people want to follow you and are interested in seeing your posts because they know that they're going to get, you know, a cool perspective or, you know, a unique reward for, for interacting with that. So I have a question there. When you say bring people to your website, do you mean physically the actual, let's say, www.hallmark.com, or are you seeing people uh, or companies drive people to a landing page or a subdomain or something that's specific to the uh, call to action that they have on their Instagram? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we push everybody to, to sales funnels, which is, like you said, a specific landing page for the call to action. Um, just because we've seen the highest kind of conversion ratios and things for that. So, for example, we use part of our, our business um, and how we promote our software. So this is going to be different for kind of every company, but we found that if we were just, you know, sending people straight to our software's homepage, hey, check out our awesome software, it helps you, you know, manage your Instagram and do all these things, that we would get some leads. Um, but we found that we would get way more leads and sales if we sent people directly to a landing page that said, hey, join this free training to see how you can grow your Instagram account or how you can um, increase your followers on Instagram. And then in that training, we basically taught them all these cool tricks that they could apply without even using our software. And then at the end, we teach them about our software and, and you know, give a, a little discount to those people there on that webinar. 
And when we started doing that, we saw huge conversion spikes because it was a very guided process. Um, there wasn't really any distractions. When we were sending people straight to our website, maybe they didn't understand what the software did. Maybe they got confused by, you know, they went into the black hole of reading all our blog posts, whatever it might be. Um, and it, the same thing can happen with, you know, e-commerce stores. If you send them just to your landing page, you have so many products, maybe they add something to the cart, but they never check out or, or what have you. So I think, like you said, sending people to a specific, you know, targeted page or sales funnels is always going to be your best bet. Yeah, I know for me, I mean, I think that's like for any advertising. If I'm on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, and if someone says, hey, go download our free trial, I mean, I might go there, but my likelihood of actually completing that form or filling it out is much lower than if you give me what we call a lead magnet. You know, here's a free ebook about the subject. Here's a webinar. And, you know, getting useful and valuable content in front of people via, let's say, Instagram in this case, allows people to then become a lead in your in your funnel and, and educate them first on the importance and then say, oh, by the way, we have this tool that allows you to be successful in this yeah absolutely something in a, a big trend that you're seeing and if you kind of recognize um, if you're a user of like Facebook or Instagram or any of these your platforms yourself what I like to do is I like to try and look at when I see something that you know interests me enough to click and and go off the platform what is it and why why was I was my interest peaked enough to take me off the platform and then think about it. And something you'll notice is the things that perform really well um, on Instagram and, and Facebook and all these things right right now as far as advertising is they're kind of uh, they're free educational um, pieces that are really designed to to sell. Um, and that's like you said, either a free ebook or or this or that. And it's kind of some sort of education in a field related to your product or service um, that then kind of agitates a problem and shows you why you may need something else to, to accomplish what it is that you want. So Ethan, is that something that you, you see across both B2B and B2C advertisers, the uh, idea of educating and providing valuable content and then selling through that, that funnel? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, you have to adapt for, for each one. So a lot of our software is, is B2B, right? So for us, it's a, we're usually going to small to medium businesses, so the SMB space, which is a little different than like enterprise. Um, but for us, you know, a lot of these small businesses or solopreneurs or what might, whatever you have, they don't know a lot about Instagram. They want to, to be on it. They know they want to advertise on it, but they may, maybe don't even know how to create an Instagram account or even start to what to post, things like that. So we actually created out an entire um, you know, course with over a hundred videos where it's all about Instagram growth. We call it the Instagram growth bootcamp. And that's a big thing that we, we promote. And, uh, in our webinar, we, we throw it in for free. Anytime people grab our, our software and things like that. And it's really just a big value add to help that business grow their Instagram and accomplish their goals. Um, and so it's going to be pretty similar. It's just the creative thinking of figuring out all right, what's my business and how can I, you know, really figure out what the pain points of my customer is, whether that's B2B or B2C, and what can I give them to, to help relieve those pain points. So Ethan, I'd love to learn a little bit more about some of the case studies or success stories that you've seen as you've worked with various customers through the agency. Are there a few that kind of bubble to the surface that you think would be of interest to the listeners around how folks are generating leads and driving sales for their business using Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one, 
one that I think I can talk about because he he likes to be transparent about his uh, his numbers. And obviously, I'm not going to give specific numbers and things like that. But um, there's a, a pretty big podcaster out there in the entrepreneur space called uh, named John Lee Dumas. Mm, and he JLD. does a podcast called yeah, yeah, he does Entrepreneur on Fire. So um, we run all of, of JLD's ads and, and help him there. And, and it kind of started when uh, a little over a year ago, he launched a product called the Freedom Journal. And it was a, a product that he created to help people accomplish their number one goal in, in 100 days. Um, and it's a, a really great kind of accountability and goal setting journal that, that gets you through there. And, and to launch it, he wanted to, to launch it via Kickstarter. And so I kind of reached out to him. Um, it was right around the time that Instagram ads were brand new. So Instagram ads have only been out for a little over a year now and said, hey, you know, we've been running a ton of Instagram ads. We actually got early access to them. Would love to to run some for you for free to see if if this could help you with your, your Kickstarter. And uh, he said, yeah, sure, absolutely, let's do it. And so we, we actually ended up running um, a ton of ads to that, both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and the Instagram ads were actually converting a lot better than our Facebook ads. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it, and the reason is, and, and this is kind of still a trend that we're seeing right now. I know a lot of people are, are scared to, to maybe use Instagram ads or not use them as much, but not as many advertisers are, are running their ads on Instagram right now as per se Facebook. Now, mm -hmm. Facebook owns obviously both platforms. But the way that kind of these ad systems work is they have inventory, right? And you're, you're paying for inventory. You're kind of bidding against other advertisers for inventory. So I'm saying, hey, I'll pay up to, to $2 for, you know, this little slot here and somebody else's bidding and things like that. And so the more advertisers that start bidding, the higher the, the prices go up. And then the more advertisers that start filling inventory, the inventory reduces and, and prices go up, right? So you have, you have two kind of things pushing prices up when you're when you're running ads on a lot of these things like Google or Facebook or anything like that. It's supply and demand and then also an auction style um, bidding. And Facebook is actually at capacity with with you know how many ad spots that they have. So basically you're they're just going to the highest bidder. And so your your prices are going up more and more. Where Instagram they have a bunch of open supplies. So your cost is is a lot cheaper for for an ad spot. And so um, you're paying what's called a, a lot lower CPM or, or cost per milli, which is basically, you know, you pay per 1,000 impressions of your ad than you would on, on Facebook. And so because of that, we, we've been able to get a lot better results on Instagram just because the prices are cheaper. Not as many people are, are using it. Imagine being, you know, one of the first people to use Google Ad ad. AdWords, you know, you would have really cashed in. And so it's a big open field. And uh, with that campaign, I think we went on to be like the number four all time, you know, grossing publishing campaign on, on Kickstarter. We did almost 600,000 in sales. Wow. Um, and, and we really, really crushed it there. So with EO Fire, when you're talking about conversions there, are you talking about conversions to sale? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. That's great. And and that's on the Kickstarter. I mean, we we run tons of ads, right? So he'll he'll hold webinars. We run a lot of ads to to webinars. When we're doing that, we're basically, when we're running our ads there, we're, we're focusing just more on our cost per lead to get somebody on a webinar, and then we just have an idea of what percentage of, of webinar registrations you know attend, and then and what percentage of those buy, um, things like that. So, but but with the Kickstarter, we're going straight to sales. 
And so with that campaign, uh, what kind of targeting were you looking at there? Just give folks an idea of kind of how you thought about your strategy in terms of the audience that you went after for those Instagram ads. Yeah, so the the wonderful thing about Facebook is um, you can set parameters on, on what you want to optimize your ads for. So, for example, we can say, hey, we want to optimize these ads for sales, all right? And so what you're telling it right away is, hey, we want you to show our ads to people that are most likely to, to purchase. And now since Facebook owns Instagram, uh, they can use all their Facebook data when you're building these ads and things like that. They have tons and tons of information on the back end that, that they're not legally allowed to show us, but they can still use in their algorithms. So they know, for example, generally how much money I make per year. They know what my credit score is. They know how I've interacted with other ads that they've shown me. They know if I've purchased off of other ads that I've clicked. Just because they're getting all this data sent back to them, they're purchasing data from big bureaus, things like that. And then they generally know what I'm interested in because maybe I like things on Facebook. Maybe there's um, people that I follow that are public figures, things like that. And so what we did with our ads is we optimized for you know, purchases and then we started by targeting people, um, people's interests. So we targeted people like, um, hey, server ads to people that like Tim Ferriss or server ads to, to people that like Gary Vaynerchuk or all these, you know, entrepreneur kind of um, influencers. So we really dialed in who our target customer was and what that persona looked like. And then we're able to target in those interests. And then we ran the ads to that. And then basically what happens is Facebook starts to learn who's purchasing because we're sending them data back. And so then we can kind of open it up more and just let them, you know, hunt for people that they already know are purchasing and, and, and show our ads to a broader segment, but they really dial in who the target persona is just based off the experience of the ad. And through that experience, Ethan, did you learn anything about the type of ad in Instagram that works well? Or, or put another way, did you notice any differences between what works well in Instagram v, let's say, what works well in Facebook? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, right now, the, the big things that we're noticing on Instagram is you want to try and keep your ads as, as native as possible. And what I mean by that is, is if you spend some time on Instagram and you're in Instagram, you can tell that there's a, a certain aesthetic or, or feel that people are accustomed to um, with the images that they see on Instagram. So, you know, they're, they're usually typically a little higher quality. They have a lot of lifestyles kind of images, certain things, and every niche is a little bit different, right? Um, so what we did is we took kind of some of the top entrepreneur accounts, things like that, and we went and looked at the type of images that were getting the best responses there. And then we, we made our ads look very similar to that style of image. We kind of kept with that aesthetic. Um, we, you know, put a call to action on them and just really ran with that so that it looked as if it could be basically just a post from an account that these people already follow and similar to, to what they're used to seeing um, so that it draws their attention in enough to really read that post and then if it spikes their interest they'll they'll go to the Kickstarter or whatever page it is you're promoting. So I think the key is to really kind of keep the experience natural and to not have it look spammy or out of place. So are you saying for example if the interest was Frank Kern you would try to emulate the Frank Kern image style and use that to resonate with the audience? 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I wouldn't go to Frank Kern specifically and, and only look at his images, but what I would do is I would go, okay, let's look at the style of, of um, image that Frank Kern uses and things. So then I would find people that are similar to Frank Kern, that if I know Frank Kern, I probably know who Dan Kennedy is. I probably you know, know who Perry Marshall is, all yep. these other people, and see, okay, what kind of aesthetic are these people using what's similar to them? And mm -hmm. then I would try and make something aesthetically similar to that. So based on your experience, then contrast that with what you would do in Facebook. How would you do it differently in Facebook for that same target audience? I would do it um, similar in Facebook as far as the image goes. The main differences that I would, I would separate from my Facebook ads and my Instagram ads are really going to be in the copy. So on, on Facebook, you can share links in, in your copy you know, of your ad. You can do good spacing. Um, you can basically make and format things exactly how you want. With Instagram, um, you can't really do that. You can't share any links. Um, any spaces you put in just get just pushed in together. So you basically just get a new line. Um, so with your Instagram copy, you want to try and keep it a little bit shorter, um, keep it really kind of concise, maybe use some emojis to space your copy since you can't get line breaks. Where with my copy on Facebook, I would make it a little longer. I would put the link that I want people to go to in the in the copy as well, um, things like that. And those would be the, the main differences I would be doing on my Facebook and Instagram ads. But the images could be very very similar. If you can if you can keep your image square on Instagram and more rectangular on Facebook, that also can help a, a lot there as well. So it sounds like then by default, you probably, when you're creating campaigns either for yourself or clients like uh, John Lee Dumas or others, are you creating one campaign that's specific to Facebook and then another campaign that's specific to uh, Instagram? Or, or maybe are you doing that by ad set? How, how do you structure that within your campaign? Yeah, so let's say, um, let's say I'm promoting a webinar for John Lee Dumas. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make that all one campaign. Okay. And then my placements is you know where you specify facebook news feed or instagram news feed what what have you i would set two different ad sets okay. um for one specifically for facebook you know news feed placement and then one specifically for my instagram placement and the positioning and everything would be the same you can position the same on the platforms but like you said i might make one of the images square where the other one's rectangular and then i would change the copy a little bit just so they fit better for each platform so you know if if, if anyone listening has ever created ads for both instagram and facebook you know that it's really easy to in most cases just reuse the image that you're using on facebook in uh, instagram but i think what we're hearing you say ethan is that it's better to take the time to mm -hmm. create one that is specific to facebook and then one that's more square-ish if i could use that word yeah. for instagram is am, am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, absolutely. And and you can use like the same exact image. Yeah. Just a lot of times you'll have to crop it maybe or modify have to reposition, it. Yeah, crop your text a little bit differently or things like that. Um, but if you can keep it square on Instagram, we've seen a lot better click through rates on that. And now one more question about placements. What's your take on the audience network? Um, I haven't personally seen a lot of success on the audience network. Um, You'll, you'll get really low clicks. Um, your cost per click and things will be low, but the traffic doesn't convert nearly as, as well. And so your cost per conversions usually go up. So whether that's a lead or a sale, whatever you might be looking for. Um, that being said, I'm a big advocate and I tell everybody, you know, test everything. Sure. Um, it's, 
it's not hard to spend 20 bucks just testing the audience network and then see if you get better results or worse results. Um, just because it hasn't worked for me doesn't mean it can't work for you, but um, I, I rarely see it work as a general rule of thumb. That's not where I would spend my first money if I had a limited budget. So, Ethan, I'd love to know, and I'm sure our listeners want to know, if there's some new features in Instagram or newest ways that companies can use Instagram for making um, new leads or creating new leads and sales. Yeah, I mean, they're always rolling out new features. I think one of the newest ones they've rolled out is kind of the, the carousel pictures you can do where you mm -hmm. can almost do like a, a, a file of 10 photos or album and people can scroll through it. Um, the biggest one that I'm seeing, though, that's working right now to really lead into like leads and sales and things is people who are figuring out how to effectively use the Instagram stories. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's trending up on how many people are using it and things like that. Um, and I've noticed that businesses that are kind of actually using stories and, um, you know, either doing behind the scenes or special promos or um, things like that and then at the end of their stories, you know, saying, click the link in my bio or go to this web page or whatnot, um, they're seeing a good conversion rate on that actually, and they're actually seeing increased engagement on their regular posts as well, just because what's happened recently is Instagram's kind of changed their algorithm to be um, a little bit more like Facebook's newsfeed algorithm. So historically, it used to be that every one of your followers would see your post um, in their feed if they got on. So it was just a chronological feed. Everybody that you followed, it showed you all their photos, every post that they made just based off of the time that they posted it. Um, and so if you wanted to scroll back all the way till you know a week ago, if you hadn't got on Instagram in a week, you would see everybody's post. Now with more and more people using it, it gets more and more information overload. And so there's an algorithm change where now they basically just show your posts um, to those people that are most engaged with you that they feel really want to see your content and there's tons of factors that go into it but if you're posting an Instagram story it shows you everybody that you follow stories at the top and so then it gives you one more touch point and if I go in and I watch your story that's an engagement with you and so Instagram's algorithm is more likely now to show you one of my natural posts in your feed as well and so you'll notice your engagement starting to go up in your feed and plus you'll get the eyeballs um, from the story as well. So I would say really using Instagram stories is, is a huge thing to, to keep your eye on. You know, that's interesting because just as a practitioner or someone who looks at Instagram, I've noticed that recently where before almost like Twitter, you could go through and just see everyone's post. And now mm -hmm. it's not like that at all. It actually annoys me because I, now, I mean, it's fine because I can go to, you know, and your recent people or the people that you typically engage with and I can go back and look at everyone's posts. But I have noticed that only some people are, you know, some people's uh, posts are at the top. And if you look at the timestamp on it, it was, let's say, hours ago or six hours ago. And I always thought to myself, like, that doesn't make any sense or has to be some sort of new algorithm because there's no way that all these people that I follow the lat the most updated person was six hours ago Got it. Yeah. you know what I mean yeah so that's that is interesting um, something just segueing, I know we spoke about B2B, but for B2C, something that I just think is amazing with Instagram specifically and the stories is there's so many, for me, I know in the health and yoga and that kind of community that I follow, and I'm sure there's different niches that everyone follows, you know, but, um, 
people, you know, that are bloggers that have these beautiful pictures, you know, I see companies leveraging these bloggers or these Instagram famous people more and more mm -hmm. to get their message or get their coupons or get their codes out. And I see, you know, these people alone turning their own blogger self into businesses yeah. and, and, you know, making a lot of money there, which is, you know, I see it growing and it's fascinating to me. Yeah, it is. There's one that I just looked into recently called Van Life, I think. I don't know. You you may have heard about it. We could link it up in the show notes. But yeah, it's exactly what you're what you're describing. It's a it's a it's a couple, I think, that travel the, the country in a VW bus and they've created a brand. Oh, yeah, now. I do yeah. know them. Yeah, yeah, you know who they are. Yeah. And and now they're doing product placement, you know, so most of their work and their income comes from from Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And I see them each day kind of growing more and more, these bloggers that before. And, and if you ask my friends, let's say, in another state or, mm -hmm. you know, something that I people that I knew from college that kind of have the same similar interests, they follow the same people. You right. know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, I follow. That. It's like I follow that person, too. And now I buy all those products. And it's even personally, I see myself gravitating towards those, those products more than I would have if these people, these bloggers weren't promoting those products. Yep, yep. Makes sense. So Ethan, as a, as a business owner and having the, uh, the control of the purse over there at your company, so to speak, I imagine that you allocate a portion of your marketing budget to Instagram, as you've mentioned. Um, and I'm just curious if you could speak to the other business owners out there. Um, a couple of questions here. One is what percent of your, your sales, your overall um, product sales comes from Instagram? Uh, that's question number one. And then question number two is, what do you think other business owners should know about Instagram that they probably don't realize at this point in time? Yeah, absolutely. So for us, we're, we're a little biased, right? We're an Instagram tool. So um, we, we uh, rolled heavily on advertising on Instagram. So because of that, right now, about 90% of our sales come from, from Instagram. Okay. Now that's across, that's across paid ads that we run. We, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars every month on paid ads on Instagram and across just the organic following, obviously, that we've, we've grown there. Um, and the reason that we spend there is because we've really spent time over the past you know, year and a half perfecting our, our sales funnel process and our, our paid advertising process on that platform to where it's really predictable for us. I know if we spend $5,000 exactly you know, within 10%, how much money we'll make back and things like that. Um, but that's just because we've had a history of the data there. Um, now, for other businesses, my advice would be you know, test, test it out. Um, especially if you're, you know, if you're a business that is looking to expand your channels, a good example is, you know, I have a, a friend who's a dentist and he's, uh, he's a great dentist, but he's also a fantastic business person. And that's not a trait that every dentist has. And he, he's realized that. And so what he's done is he's gone out and he's, you know, bought partnerships into a bunch of different dental practices where he'll take over all the business aspects for them. Um, and they can just focus on being a dentist. So he owns upwards of, of 10 dental practices now mm -hmm. um, across about three states. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him and I said, hey, I, I think, you know, what are your main advertising? Are you doing a lot of direct mail? What is it that you do? And and they spend, you know, 30 plus thousand dollars a month on, on direct mail. And, you know, he knows, hey, it's we're getting a call into the office from anywhere to 70 to, you know, $150 that we spend on that direct mail. Et cetera, et cetera, and and I so I said, hey, let's let's test, you know, a thousand dollars in a month of, on Instagram ads and see if we can't get you calls for cheaper. Um, you know, it's a hundred bucks per office or whatnot, and 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 we tested it, and and the calls are a little cheaper. They're not amazingly cheaper, um, but we haven't spent a lot of time dialing in, right? And so, 
my advice to everybody is, you know, just test everything. Uh, it, you don't have to test with $10,000 or anything like that. That's the beauty of a lot of these paid ads. Um, but you should certainly have a free organic presence there. And then if you want to expand beyond that, you know, test a couple hundred dollars um, and just see if it's working for your business or not. And, you know, maybe how it's positioned if it's not working or just maybe that it's not the best channel for your business. Um, but you, you never know until you, you test it. And so I know that you mentioned in the beginning how an arm of your company is providing these services. So I have a question around that, which is when companies come to you, let's say to implement their Instagram strategy or their Instagram ad ads, are you usually doing it as a part of a, a larger social media uh, campaign or program? Or are you also including, let's say, do you have people coming to you saying, okay, this is my goal. I want to convert this many people. Or I want to make this many sales. And you're like, okay, great. I'm going to act as the person who, in, you know, executes your Instagram, but also let's talk about the direct mail that you're doing and the Facebook advertising and, you know, the emails that you're sending out because right now we're in the midst of a, a digital marketing series. And so we're, I know our listeners are interested in this multi-channel approach, right? How do you marry all of these channels together for one cohesive program to, to increase your leads or sales or whatever their goal is? So what we do is we focus primarily on Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, we, we understand all those other channels. We obviously use them in our own business. That's something that separates us from a lot of other people who, who maybe just run ads. We, we don't only run ads for clients. We, we run them for our own business and we, we have our own business and, and businesses actually. Um, but we, we like to really hone in on what we know we're great at and, and, and focus on that just because um, it's hard enough to juggle our own business and then, then providing a service as well. <laughs> and so for providing 10 different services, it gets even, even more complicated. Um, so right now we kind of will do just Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, that being said, if somebody comes to us, so for example, let's say, you know, you guys came and said, hey, we want to run ads for this. Um, what would that look like? We, we would do, you know, a call and see, hey, what is it that you're selling? What's your goals? Um, figure out some benchmarks and then see what you have set up on the digital marketing side. Do you have a sales funnel? Do you have the email marketing in place? Do you have all the things in place that, that you're ready actually for paid traffic? Um, and a lot of times, I'll be honest, most people don't have those things in place. And so we could send as much traffic to them as, as they want. Um, and maybe be getting it for a great price and have it be targeted. But if you don't have these other foundational things in place, um, you're not going to get the, the ROI that, that you want. And so a lot of times we'll say, hey, you know, looks great. We think we can help you. Here's how we think we can help you. Or, hey, we recommend maybe you work on these few things here. And here are some people that could help you do it um, before we you end up paying us to, to run ads for you because we really just don't think that you'll get the ROI that we need to justify the ad spend and our cost and, and whatnot the way things are right now. So, I mean, Ethan, you've brought a bunch of knowledge and I'm sure our listeners are super thankful for all that you've brought. Um, is there anything else that you want to share or if there's any way uh, people can connect with you if they like to do so? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, something that we do a lot is, is free webinars and, and one of uh, the best webinars that we have running right now is basically just teaching people how to grow their Instagram organically and really increase that following. It's called uh, Four New Instagram Growth Tricks You Wish You Knew Earlier. Um, definitely invite everybody to, to check that out. We do, we do one almost daily. 
Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you can always find the most current kind of few days in advance at our website at socialinsight.io forward slash growth dash tricks. And I'm sure you guys can throw that in, in the show notes or, or whatnot. Um, but that would be kind of the, the best way to, to connect with me and, and uh, get in touch with us and, and maybe learn some things that you can do to, to grow your Instagram organically before you even start doing any paid ads or anything like that. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely link that up in the show notes. I'm sure people will take you up on that resource. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Ethan. Well, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. You guys have a great day too. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sweet. Well, that was just chock full of information. That was. He yeah. Was, he was really informative. You yeah. know, something that I really like that sticks out to me in my uh -huh. memory of this conversation we just had is that you can use Instagram, but leverage all that data that Facebook has. So oh, it says, yeah. okay, cool. You can leverage all the analytics and the tools and the algorithms and the network that Facebook has, but now take that and apply it to an industry that's less saturated, which huge. is just freaking awesome. That's huge. Yep. That's beautiful. So uh, don't delay, go out there. And if you don't have it after it, now. yeah, go sign up for an Instagram account. I mean, basic first step, right? Take that first step. Um, start following McKenzie, look her up, look me <laughs> up. Um, let's start interacting there and then take a step and actually experiment with, you know, posting content and starting to drive traffic to your site, to your company's site, uh, using Instagram. And then once you get a handle on that, start to start to do some ads. Yeah. So in the show notes, listeners, we will link up the links that Ethan spoke about. So you can listen to that webinar, go look at their blog or all the information they're getting out. And most importantly, go rate, review and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher so that we can bring this content to more people. Come on, y'all go over there and, and do <laughs> as she said. All right, guys, well, we'll see you next week. Have a great rest of the day. Talk to you later. Bye. -bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Pixels and Ink podcast with Mackenzie Farsheed and Dave Rosendahl. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit mindfirestudio.com slash blog. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode. Okay. Okay. All right. You ready? I don't know. Yeah, I'm so sad. To their hosted platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, yeah. Eh, eh, eh.